What's going on? Welcome into the Monday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. It is December 9th. Daniel Sowerson alongside Pelicans.com writer Jim Eichenhofer. It's a busy week for your New Orleans Pelicans as they try to get back on track tonight against the Detroit Pistons. Uh, the Pistons are uh, coming off a win over the Indiana Pacers and they rolled the town for their lone visit to the Smoothie King Center. Jim, uh, let's kind of focus in on the week ahead here for the Pelicans as they look for their first win in almost two and a half weeks. And it starts with a, a very tough Pistons team and their their front court is something you have to keep your eye on with Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. Yeah, I think we've talked a lot about how defense has been something that the Pelicans are trying to get better at. I think rebounding is another area. There's some missing personnel that I we've talked about a lot right now that's made it more difficult to be good on the boards. So this is definitely a huge challenge with what Andre Drum- Drummond can do. Trying to keep him under 20 rebounds or so is not always easy. And, Jim, this is a stretch here. You know, we talk about the Pelicans' schedule and how, I guess, weird is the best way to describe it based on you play the Dallas Mavericks three times already. You've played the Houston Rockets twice, the Clippers twice, the Raptors twice. You've already completed your season series with them. Um, you're about to conclude your season series with the Brooklyn Nets next Tuesday. Um, you are finally starting to get a chance to see some of these Eastern Conference teams five straight against the East, so it could be a big week here for the Pelicans. It could be, but you know what? In keeping with the theme of the schedule so far, you're finally playing against the East, but you're not playing against the bottom tier of the no, East. It seems like a lot of those games are more towards the uh, towards the tail end of the season, where you're, whether you're talking about March or April. Um, Detroit is nine and fourteen, but they've been they've been playing a lot better lately. I think they're five and five in their last ten games, and obviously Blake Griffin came back, and that helps a ton. Even though I know by his standards he hasn't really had a great start to or great recent play. Um, obviously you have then you have Milwaukee, the best team in the East, record wise, maybe the best team in the league. Um, Philly's fourth in the East right now. Um, Orlando's only 11 and 11, but they've been playing better as, again, just like Detroit. They started off really poorly and it looked like maybe they were going to have a, a really rough season, but they've been a lot better in recent games. And Brooklyn without Kyrie Irving is playing really well. Spencer Dinwiddie has been great and as well as at the end of games. So, I mean, there's, this is definitely not, this is a lot of times over the years we've said, Hey, wait till they get get a chance to play the East, but I mean this isn't yeah. really the case in with the stretch of opponents that they have here. I think the Nets are I think seven and three without Kyrie Irving. So mm. um it should be interesting when they roll into town. Um for today's show we have a good guest for you, Josh Gray, who's been putting up fantastic numbers, more video game like numbers for the Erie Bayhawks, the Pelicans G League affiliate, almost thirty one points per game, eight assists, three steals, and we're gonna talk about his unbelievable night um on December sixth or Thursday night, I should say, 40 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, and 6 steals, and a triple overtime win over the Mad Ants. So we're going to talk to Josh Gray kind of about his journey. Um, he's a guy that's had uh, signed a 10-day contract with Phoenix a few years ago. But other than that, um, his preseason work's kind of his only NBA um, experience. So we're going to talk to Josh about what he learned from training camp and kind of his play and what he wants to kind of work on throughout the rest of the season but Jim if we want to just real quick before we get into it obviously it's a an eight game losing streak for the Pelicans if you can pinpoint one thing that's kind of been the common denominator through this whole thing um what would that be unfortunately we keep talking about defense yeah and I feel I like that happened again in the game Saturday where you gave up way too many points um Dallas is they were number I'm not I haven't looked this up they were number one in the league in offense I think going into the weekend and I'm pretty sure after that game they're still probably number one based on how how well they played and how many points they put up. 
it came from so many different sources too. It wasn't like it was just Luka Doncic. So really that's the one thing that I, I think we need to keep focusing on as we cover this team is just they need to do better defensively or it's going to be really hard to get wins, especially when you're playing against the caliber of opponent that we just discussed. For those wondering about Saturday's game, there's a reason why I'm not bringing it up because it wasn't very good for New Orleans, and I'll just leave it at that. Dallas scored a lot of points. New Orleans did not score a lot of points. <laughs> and uh, if you want to check the score, you can go on pelicans.com. But we're kind of trying to move forward here. It's a new week, and um, four important games for the Pelicans if you include Sunday's game against the Orlando Magic and um, even these next five before you hit the road for one of your longest road trips of the season that takes you all the way to Christmas. Um, a chance at a win at home is very important tonight, Jim, I would say. It certainly is. I mean, you, you, you want to get this, this losing streak ended as soon as you possibly can, obviously. And so, I mean, the another thing the team has talked about lately is just being better at home. You've lost a few, I think it's maybe four in a row at home as well. So got to get some positivity going on, going on around here. And obviously everyone also is, you know, hoping f to see, Zion Williamson back, but you can't you can't look at that. You got to be able to get some more wins in in the interim. And speaking of positivity, I think this is a good time to bring in uh, Josh Gray, guard for the Erie Bayhawks. Josh, I appreciate the time today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Good, Josh. I want to start with uh, one of your games recently here before we get into kind of how your season's been, and this kind of summarizes how your season's been. Thursday night, a triple overtime game against the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. Forty points, ten rebounds, six assists. Six steals. I don't know if I've ever seen a stat line like that um, for a lot of NBA players, yet alone for you, Josh. Kind of what, take us back through that game and, and what you were seeing that night. Uh, I think it was just a situation where, you know, I had to go out there and be super aggressive and, you know, try to win. Uh, I think we came off a game where we lost like by 20 or 25. So uh, the energy and attention was kind of high. And uh, I just felt like if I would have went out there and just, you know, gave everything I had, it would have gave me and my team a better chance of winning. And just so happened, you know, the stats took care of itself and went into triple overtime, but we still pulled out the win. Josh, um, speaking of the production that you've had so far this season and at this early point of the season, um, right now you're averaging over 30 points a game. You're leading the G League in scoring. I know that throughout your career you've been a, a very good offensive player, but it just seems like, at least based on just looking at it on paper, that you've kind of um, taken a, another big jump so far this season. Is there something in your game that you've taken to a new level? Is there some aspect of your offense that you think that you've really made a, a pretty big jump to, to result in what you've done so far this season? Uh, I just think it was a situation where I came into not thinking that I would lead the league in scoring, right? Like just something I didn't prepare to, hey, I want to go to the G League and lead the league in scoring. It was mm -hmm. just a situation where – I'm not happy where I'm at in my career as far as, like, on a two-way contract. And, you know, I'm just trying to make everyone pay pay for it. Uh, so I just go into every game with that type of mindset, uh, knowing that, you know, I'm not where I want to be at. Uh, and also I'm on a team where, like, I'm playing with a lot of young guys and a lot of rookies. So mm -hmm. I have to be, like, more of a mentor, a scorer, a defensive, you know, uh, guy, uh, a top assist guy on my team. We just get those guys going and just help those guys play. Uh, and, and that's why I feel like we're kind of struggling. You know, those guys uh doing a great job, uh, but at the end of the day, they're still rookies. So I'm just trying to fill the void. You you mentioned um, 
the the defense that how important that is to you. I remember I talked to you on media day at Pelicans media day. Uh, what was that? A couple months ago now. Um, and one of the things that you, I thought you you said that it was interesting was you wanted to be, you said you want to be as big of a defensive pest as possible. You're also yeah. averaging almost three steals a game. I mean, is there something that uh, you're particularly happy with as far as the what, what you've done defensively so far? Uh, at the end of the day, I think I can, you know, take another step of being a better defender. I just have to pick my spot. Uh, as far as, like, me just paying a ton of minutes and managing the load, that, like, don't allow me to, like, pick up full and uh, play hard-nosed defense the whole 40 minutes I'm out there. But uh, if you paid attention to the game against the Mad Ants, uh, you know, Coach uh, Ryan and Teaspoon, they challenged me to uh, the matchup against uh, Mitchell Long, and I held them for, like, one for 16 and, uh, picking them up, being super aggressive, fighting over all ball screens, and he was a lead scorer, and he was like the engine to their team. And I took on the challenge, and I locked him down, and we just so happened we won. Uh, so just like games like that, if you pay attention to, you can see what I bring on the defensive end. But like I said, I have to find uh, a better way of uh, doing it consistent every night with the uh, with the minutes I'm being, with the minutes I'm playing. One of the things that's really brand new for the Pelicans is having a specific G League affiliate where it's a you know a one-to-one relationship where in, in the past the players that have been played in the G League that ha- that came from the Pelicans were sent to different places and some of it was circumstantial, that kind of thing. One of the things I think people are really – I'm interested in is just the, the benefit of being able to kind of incorporate the same system and the same playing style and stuff like that. I would think that you would probably have the best perspective – and in, in Zion Cheatham, of course, because you've been able to experience, you know, training camp here and being back and forth. How, uh, how, how, what's it like as far as how beneficial is that to have kind of the same, the same um, system and the same playing style for both places that you can kind of go back and forth and, and probably not have to, you know, change the, a lot of the different things that you have to learn as a player. Uh, I think it's, uh, they have some similarities, right, as far as, like, you know, move the ball, spacing, let the ball do the work, uh, open offense. Uh, I know we run some of the same play as far as, like, delay and 21 action. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the only thing different is, like, the calls as far as, like, on the ball screen coverage, uh, when we're switching on to the bigs, the different calls. So that's the only thing that, you know, I have to adjust to. But uh, more so of it is, uh, the same thing we run up there with the Pels, so that's super beneficial to me. Mm. And as far as the the style and the system that both of the teams run, I mean, it seems like the results probably speak for themselves as far as what you've been doing so far, being one of the best players in the G League. But how do how do you see the kind of the style of play as far as how it fits your strengths and what you do well? I think complement my game just because the offense is so open. And with Coach Ryan here with Erie, we run a ton of ball screens. And, like, that's, you know, my game just going downhill off a ball screen or giving me enough space to, you know, do my job at a high level. Uh, So I think the offense complement my game. And uh, as you can see, like, I'm excelling in it. Josh, how beneficial how beneficial was it for you to go through a training camp? I believe this might have been your first NBA training camp. If that is correct, what was the benefit of going through that one with your G League coaches there and also just going through kind of um, what to expect from this offense knowing that you did run it in the preseason? 
Yeah, like I was super thankful for the opportunity. Like you said, it was my first uh, preseason uh, throughout my whole career. And uh, just to be out there on the same floor with, you know, with Drew and Lonzo and uh, Brandon and Josh and uh, Zion and, and the, the rest of the guys just gave me a, a confidence that, you know, I needed. And uh, it was also great playing in front of my G League coaches. Uh, I never met them before. I didn't really know who they were. And just to go out there and perform and uh, play at a high level and train a camp and show those guys what I can do, it gave them the confidence to, to you know, give me the uh the ball and give me the green light to go out there and try to, you know, win games for them. You mentioned, so I think it worked for both parties. Absolutely. You mentioned Drew and you mentioned, um, you know, Zion and Lonzo and all those guys, including the guards, you know, they're trying to be that veteran guy to you that you kind of are like to some of those other players on the G League. How much did those guys um, help you out as far as um, – how much did those guys help you out as far as your training camp experience good? I think those guys helped me out without even much knowing. It's like when I was up there, like even after practice, you know, I'll play one-on-ones with Drew or Nikhil. And uh, just pushing those guys to a high level and those guys pushing me to a high level. And uh, with Lonzo going against him every day in practice, picking him up full. And, and you know, he's a defensive guard. He's a fast, quick, explosive guard. And uh, he had me on my on my toes, on my heels almost every practice. And like I said, those guys gave me the confidence, you know, hey, I can play at this level, and not so much I can play at this level, I can contribute. And uh, like I said, those guys just, I guess, you know, iron sharpen iron, and uh, that's pretty much the case. So so what do you hope to instill in some of those players that are going through some of the same process with you and Erie? What's kind of the advice you've given them because you've kind of been down this, this road before? Yeah, my biggest thing for the guys in the locker room, I always tell them, hey, man, it's a long season. Don't get too high, don't get too low. The game of basketball is so fun but it can bring you down some dark roads. And uh, only the strong survive. And, you know, we're losing right now and kind of struggling right now. And that's okay because we have, like, a lot of injuries and we're young. We still haven't figured it out yet. And my biggest thing is if I can go into the locker room every day with the mindset of, hey, I don't know it all, but I want to know more. I want to get better. I want to learn. You know, I want to correct my mistakes. And with just a servant attitude, I think it'll rub off on the uh, the younger guys and the rest of the locker room. So that's my mindset going into it every day. Uh, for the rest of the season and kind of during this next trip, which, of course, Jim mentioned you're averaging almost 31 points per game, eight assists and three steals and shooting almost 49% from the field. So what is there to improve on, Josh? What are you trying to work on now to even step your game up even more? Just be more of a, a leader on the floor, verbally leader. Uh, of course, you know, I want to shoot the ball better, uh, better my percentage. Uh, I want to be more of a floor general of, of finding a way to win. You know, we have so this this league is an excuse league. Everyone can make excuses. Everyone has excuses, uh, and everyone is here for a reason. So if I can go out there and just try to find a way to win, I think that would separate me from the guards that's in here and in the guards that came through this league. And like I say, like I don't know it all. I, I want to learn. I want to get better, and I feel like I have so much room to grow. Josh, you you just talked about how you know there's everyone has an excuse of you know there's certain things that obviously accommodations wise I mean there's probably a long list of things in the G League that are different from the NBA but um, I think for people maybe who are are in general who maybe not on a pure basketball um, standpoint I think there's people that are curious about some of the differences between the G League and the NBA in terms of what the experience is like for the for a player what do you think are some of the of the challenges, I'm not sure if that's the right word, but just different 
things uh, that are different about because you've obviously gotten to experience both in in a brief amount of time just this season, and I know you played in the NBA for Phoenix as well. Um, what do you think are what are some of the biggest challenges in the G League as far as just you know like you you guys I think you guys bust to some games and you know yeah and you you travel commercially stuff like that what what do you think are some of the uh, are some of the biggest differences that for a player from day to day yeah well i think there's a lot of a difference between you know the two levels and it's extremely tough like i'll be the first to say like it's tough from the mental part uh to the physical part uh like you said the long bus drive we took like a seven eight hour bus drive you know in the snow uh, you going into these hotels all times of the night. It's not high level hotels. We don't have you know pregame like the NBA or meals for after the game. Uh, we charter through the airports, delays, cancel flights. Uh, you know going into different like type of high school gyms like here in Erie, we don't really have our own gym, right? So it's like we have to go inside different like boys and girls clubs and YMCA's. We have to bring mm-hmm. our you know our shoes with us and take our shoes when we leave. We can't shower after practice. It's just like it's just tough. So, you know, this league is not about uh, the luxury. It's, it's about, you know, the opportunity. And uh, mm-hmm. I embrace that part. So that's why I'm adjusting well. But, you know, some of the younger guys don't really adjust well just because they're not used to things like this. Or, you know, like I say, it takes a toll on you mentally. Josh, before I let you go, obviously you're you're busy worrying about the, the Bayhawks and their schedule. How much are you able to watch the Pelicans on a night-in-night-out basis just kind of see how they're doing? I watch those guys every game. Uh, if we're not playing at the same time, I'm watching those guys just because I have NBA TV. Awesome. Awesome. Like jo- the league pass. Yeah. You know, so I make sure I catch it. Good deal. Good deal. Joshua, we're enjoying your journey there with Erie, and we're enjoying watching you play and seeing all the numbers you're putting up. Um, keep us posted on everything. Uh, we'll hope to talk to you soon. Thanks for coming on. Will do. Thank you guys for having me. All right, big thanks to Josh Gray for coming on today's program. Pelicans and Pistons tonight from the Smoothie King Center, 7 p.m. Central Time. You can watch it on Fox Sports New Orleans or listen on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. And then the Pelicans hit the road tomorrow, as Jim mentioned earlier on in our podcast. They'll take on the Milwaukee Bucks, a late one, 8.30 p.m. Central on ESPN Wednesday night. And then the Philadelphia 76ers on Friday in Philly. Of course, this podcast is presented by SeatGeek. Trying to find tickets to basketball games or any other live event can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites and shady pricing with SeatGeek. You do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats. Buy from any device and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple of taps. Best of all, our listeners will get $20 off their first purchase. When they use the SeatGeek app, use the code GOPELS at checkout. SeatGeek, score the best deals on tickets. All right, hope you can join us at the Smoothie King Center tonight. If not... We'll talk to you on the radio or on the television broadcast with Joel Myers, Antonio Daniels, and Jen Hale. For Jim, I'm Daniel, and for Josh Gray, thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seeky.